This is Work the Case, a Criminal Minds legal podcast. Fucking, hey, Hope, we're in a goddamn fish market in this episode. How do I know that? Because there's about six or seven red herrings. You're so fucking right. It's, it's just ridiculous. This one, so let I, like, I don't even want to do, like, our little preamble beforehand. I want to just get the fuck into this episode because it is wild. I would like to say I'm super glad we're not doing the preamble because for our listeners, Lee didn't tell me that we were doing little fun questions at the beginning of each episode, like, at all. <laughs> so the first time they asked me a question, I genuinely didn't know what was happening. I was trying to, like, answer and, like, froze up. He's like, how does this unsub take her coffee? And you were like, it, it, truly it was like I was holding a gun at you and your family. Yeah, I was, like, frozen up. I was freaking the fuck out. And so this is the first episode where I was, like, on my toes ready for a question that I still wouldn't know how to answer in, like, a funny and charming way. So, like, you're welcome. They're not, they're not questions. They're just, they're, like, let's be real. They're stupid puns that are cruel of me. I was going to say, they're fucking riddles, and I hate riddles. They're not riddles. They're puns. They're puns, <laughs> but I have to try and give you a pun answer, and, like, that's a riddle. That's not even a first of all that's not a riddle second of all i don't even ask a pun answer i just go i just go aha i've made you i've made you nervous now the answer is t um yeah well you see it activates the same fight or flight response in my brain that riddles do so you know it's really all the same okay so yes now that we've wasted everyone's time (laughs) yeah now that we've wasted about a minute 40 um so this episode episode six of criminal minds it is ldsk which stands for long distance serial killer that is the special term that the fbi uses because the word sniper has a lot of emotional baggage for them (laughs) which is so wild to me like ask about that in court and they're like yeah we don't call them snipers because like we fucked up snipers before and the attorneys are like excuse me we don't call them snipers because the dc snipers made us look like fucking jackasses (laughs) so and then they try and cover it up and they're like well you know we also don't call them snipers because snipers have specialized training and these guys don't you don't fucking know that yet. Okay, so this episode, uh, the team goes down to, I think it's Des Plaines, Illinois, um, and they are there on the trail of a LDSK who has had, like, three separate shooting events in two weeks, so he's booked and fucking busy. This guy, his MO is he goes to target-rich environments, public spaces, like, park i think one of them was a mall later on there's a restaurant uh, and there's like a basketball court so he he goes to like these target rich environments shoots people in like center mass which would be about the abdomen and then runs off real quick so nobody sees anything there's no forensic evidence that they can discover it's just a lot of people very much shot being taken to the hospital they're is a line in SVU where um, the medical examiner goes, EMT? You mean uh, evidence mangling team? <laughs> so f- from that I learned that if you underkill a victim, it actually really fucks up the investigation because then the EMTs will come in and fuck over every piece of evidence you can find because they'll trample on everything, yeah. cut up clothes, like do a bunch of shit. They're trying to save someone's life. So like they don't give a shit about the cr- the court case all they care about is saving someone's life so they'll they'll sit there and like cut through bullet holes on t-shirts and it's like fuck (laughs) yeah so originally the team profiles this guy as a sadist or sadistic killer because um he's shooting them in the stomach or abdomen which would take a long time to kill um but once they figure out that he's not shooting them center mass uh as like a because he's wants them to die painfully he's shooting them because like for other reasons, which they don't know at this point, but they will eventually uncover. They think he's just a sociopath, which, as we've discussed previously, is not a diagnosis. Yes, they also partially do this because they realize he's, like, shooting people and leaving immediately and not watching. Mm-hmm. Which has a very relevant reason later on the episode they find out, but this is also what the, like... He can't be a sadist because he's not watching and getting off on whatever pain he's causing. Yeah, and the team is so fucking confused by that because they're like, they always have to watch or collect trophies or like do this or that like they always have to contact media and they always have to do this and he's not doing it he's not pulling by our crime rules um 
Yeah, he's not doing what our 200 interviews with serial killers said he'd do. Yeah, even though earlier on in the episode they're like, we have never managed to catch an LDSK, so we have no profile, but we do know he's a white man. Yeah, which is also hilarious, because they're saying they're profiling him, but they've never caught, like, that is coming up in my cross-examination. Like, we can't put, like, we can put them on the stand for, like, definitions, and I'd be like, the FBI has never caught someone like this. You have no, like, evidence. You have no proof. You have nothing going on for this profile at all. So you guessed. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's funny, because they are giving an initial profile, and in their very, their very first profile, which they give on the jet, is, we don't know anything about LDSK, except they're always men. (laughs) They're likely a cop, and they, uh, they will always contact police or media every fucking time. 99,000 times out of 99,000 times they will contact the media and i'm like this is a profile yeah you just profiled like a man yeah you just you said a guy which is also a theme they also mentioned the beltway snipers a lot in this one which you know they that that would be like kind of a a relevant case i think that you know it's it's a cool little touchdown because the beltway snipers like they left tarot cards and they were like pretty they were pretty fucking scary and the fbi fucked up in terms of catching them so that's part of the reason that they have a lot of emotional baggage with the word sniper and don't use that but anyways so they're just like they're trying to figure out who's who's shooting all of these people through their investigation they they determine that this guy is intentionally killing people between the second and third shift change that is when cops are changing over their shifts at like three o'clock you don't want a time in which there are no cops on the street so you would stagger that so if the first shift ends at 3.30, the second shift starts at, like, 3. So that, in theory, you know, there's never a point when cops aren't on the street. It's, as they explain, in practice, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, because cops have to do, like, end-of-report stuff, and then, like, as they're checking in, they're getting briefed mm-hmm. on what they're doing during the day. So there's a period where everyone is, like, in the station doing their end of shift or beginning of shift shit before, like, the new batch comes out. Yeah, I think Gideon at one point says, that's when I'd kill people. Yeah. Hey, hey, Gideon, mental health check. Uh, not doing well. Yeah. There's also a point where, like, Elle apparently has no idea about any of this or is, like, completely unfamiliar to it. And I'm like, wasn't it mentioned that she's a former cop or, like, a former detective? Listen, they don't do this at SVU in uh, Seattle. She's always on shift and she never goes home. <laughs> That's how she has such a high closure rate. She she lives in the station. God. She, she's like, what do you mean shifts? But yeah, so they determined that he is killing during the shift changeover. So they assume he's a cop. The first profile, like, they give legitimately... They say that he's a 30 to 40 year old veteran based on his abilities with a sniper rifle. They think that he's either a Marine or a Ranger. They say he drives a sedan, which he has modified to be able to shoot from. They determined at the park he was shooting from a fake handicap spot that he put there so that he would be able to look at the flag, engage the wind direction and all of that. So they determined that with all of that training and stuff like that, that he's in a modified SVU, he's a veteran. He's a narcissist. He works out constantly. This motherfucker always has that thing on him. He's always got a weapon. He has no empathy, no friends. His job sucks ass. He has an inferiority complex and he's a cop. Yeah, he's a shitty person. He None of his coworkers like him. And again, they're giving this profile and I'm like, you, you're just describing a man. Like, <laughs> maybe it's being a law student, but they give me this profile. They're like someone who's super arrogant and everyone hates and like they blame everyone for their problems and is a narcissist. I'm like, yeah, men. Specifically, cops. Yes. And there's this one cop that immediately is like, you think it's a cop? And it's like, you're the most guilty looking motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Yes. And he does get fucking murdered later in the episode. Yeah. I'll get to that in a second. Also, they try and use this. They use this like for surgeons and like medical personnel. And again, like just describes medical students and doctors. I'm sorry. All of them. It's ridiculous. And then like. The funniest part is they come up to this nurse and they give her the profile because they're like, we think it's one of your coworkers here, all this stuff. And she's like, well, I don't have anyone new. But as they give the profile, she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I know exactly who it is. I'm like, you could give me this profile and I could name five of my coworkers for you, like, immediately. <laughs> I do think it's funny that, like, Hodge says everybody detests him. And she went, oh, my God, it's Philip. Like, damn, what did Philip do to you? <laughs> yes, that's how my coworkers react to me, you know? They're like, who does everyone fucking hate? And they're like, oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. It's hope. Once they deliver this profile, they do a recreation of the third shooting. And 
through this uh, comes the most egregious sin in that someone from the news has the leaked profile, which they had specifically said, don't share this with the media because people could die. So someone from the news is like at the fucking park be like reading off the profile. And so JJ in her little heels, like just like, like tap, tap, tap runs over uh, and like hotches with her. And, and Gideon, like a group of federal agents. Yeah, so they go to, to arrest this, like, okay, I will touch on this in a second. Let me get through this, uh, like, summary. Um, I was going to say, I could hear the, the novel you've written about this, like, gearing up. Anna Karina could not fucking compare to this novel. <laughs> so after all this bullshit in the park, uh, after they do several federal crimes, they fi- they think that it is the cop that was angry earlier. His name is Scott McCarty. They, they find out... Uh, that he leaked the information so they go to arrest him his boss is like kill that motherfucker they pull him out he gets shot by the unsub it's not him they think to themselves like oh it's got like it can't be a cop because this doesn't match up they determine that it's a somebody in the medical field because medical personnel would have the same shift changeovers that uh doctor that like cops would and it would give him access to the victims afterwards yeah so that's how they determine it's a medical officer the moment they hear like medical like medical personnel narcissist it's got to be that surgeon we talked to earlier that's a bitch yeah the one that was kind of mean to gideon remember him yeah they interview him it's not him hodge and reed try to find this man that they uh, like they're trying to find who the, the unsub is in the ER department because they they realize it's not Landman. The unsub, who is Lassiter from Psych? I just have to mention that now. I was gonna mention that too. It took me forever to recognize him because I've never seen Psych except when my brother and his boyfriend are watching it. But like I immediately I was like I've seen this bitch before. I know. I swear to God. Lassiter comes in pistol whips. Spencer uses sniper rifle. Hotch has a real girl boss gaslight moment where he gets philip dow to believe that he's on his side i will say hodge's dilf energy this is when it starts going off the charts it's like the first scene of this episode i think i texted lee immediately when i was watching this that i was like this is a dilf moment for hodge for sure we'll get to that in a second i let's get through the summary um (laughs) philip (laughs) lets hodge beat the shit out of reed reed takes uh, hodge's little ankle gun uh, shoots Philip Dodd dead, and the case is over. So that's like the overarching plot. Uh, the minor plot of the today's episode is that Reed needs to go in for his firearms recertification, and he fucking fails, even though Hotch like trains him. And that little training sequence, he's like, "Come on, you gotta follow it. Like, you gotta follow through. Like, do your shit." And um, Reed is like, "But you have two guns." And Hotch like pulls out his ankle gun and shoots the target like nine times through the head. And it's like, "It's fucking easy, Reed. God." <laughs> um, and then Reed fails his test, and so like the whole plot is Reed being like, "But I'm just like a little boy. Shouldn't I get a gun too? <laughs> I'm just a little guy." <laughs> yeah. So those are the plots. I'm I'm going to have a stroke about this media. So. Okay, do we want to do the legal stuff first? Because I think it ties in with the with the media stuff. Mm, if we're going to do that, let's just go through the rest of it first then. Um, you're, you're prolonging my stroke. Um, so... I was going to say, then I'll let, you, I'll let you have a stroke first. Go off. So, so just going off of this, narcissistic personality disorder is kind of the, the word of the day here. Uh, that's like our diagnosis that we like to talk about today. Because every fucking man in this show has it that's like not on the FBI team. Like every cop, every doctor, every surgeon, every fucking person is like, I have narcissistic personality disorder. And at one point Gideon's like, that guy's that guy's fucking nuts. He has the biggest case of narcissism disorder I've ever seen. Narcissism is, it, it's a personality disorder. It's uh, also known as NPD for narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, it comes from the Greek root narcissist, which is that story. You know, it's the guy that looks into the pond. There's actually several different types of narcissism. So there's grandiose narcissism, vulnerable narcissism. Um, and these two are kind of uh, different. Grandiose narcissism is people that have like the superiority, the, the superiority complex where they're like, I'm, I'm the best, I'm elitist, I'm like, the, I, I'm number one. So these are like aggressive, dominant people. That would be more like Landman, who uh, is, he's a narcissist and a bitch, but he is also good at what he does. Um, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, vulnerable narcissism is, it, it's kind of comes as a trauma response. So this is kind of where narcissistic personality disorder and BPD can kind of 
slide into one another. I'm not saying that all people with BPD have narcissism or vice versa, but like these are why these are kind of uh, convergent diagnoses a lot of the time. Vulnerable narcissism, it's people that like they're tr trying to protect themselves against like feeling lesser or like feeling inferior. So basically it's a type of narcissism that develops as a shield. So um, they have to they have to prove that they're the best. They have to think that they're the best because otherwise they, you know, it, it, it protects their psyche. So this is kind of where Philip Dowd would probably fall into in that, like, it's not that he is, like, elitist. Um, it's that he knows he ain't shit, and so he has to believe in himself more than anything else because otherwise he knows he ain't shit. So I would probably put him more as a vulnerable narcissist. Meanwhile, Landman, who I fucking hate, is grandiose narcissist. <laughs> Yes, the worst person in the world. The worst fucking person. Like, I'm going to go through his profile. He doesn't shake hands, which Reed doesn't shake hands because he's a germaphobe, apparently. This man doesn't shake hands because it would, like, possibly damage or risk his precious little surgeon hands. Your fucking little meat hooks might destroy my precious metacarpals. And the reason that I say that it's apparently germophobia for Reed is because Reed has no other fucking problems with literally anything. Like, he will do the grossest shit in the world, but, like, he won't shake hands. Yeah. Could be autism. Could be anything. Not gonna judge it. I just think it's a little weird that the writers decided to do this. God, yes. Could be autism. Could be anything is what my therapist said to me when I got evaluated. So, you know... <laughs> Listen, that's how it rolls. <laughs> this guy, he's overconfident. So Landman is overconfident in his abilities, which is hard for me to say because he actually is, like, really good at what he does. Apparently he pulls a bullet out of somebody's spine and, like, does it so perfectly that the guy's not paralyzed, which is, like, neat. Like, thanks. Yeah. I will say there's no discussion on, like, getting this dude's permission to possibly paralyze him for life. They're like, can you do it? He's like, yes. And they're like, get out there and do it. Instead of, like, has he consented to this yet? I mean, he has to be fucking out of it like i like you hope and he's got no like me, like next of kin that are gonna stand in the way yeah because otherwise they're literally having like a medically unnecessary procedure mm -hmm. that could possibly per paralyze this man for life and they're like well the only thing we need to do is make sure the surgeon can do it and it's <laughs> like you might want to check in with the actual human being with being operated on first hot take i know yeah it might be a little prudent for you to ask the guy that you're about to fucking cut into um going back to landman for a second he has a god complex and he is a whore i think he was i think the implication was that he was fucking that doctor in his office and that's why he can't be serial murdering which like hey if i was <laughs> if i was fucking a doctor and that's my alibi like you'll hear about that every goddamn day of my life yes because she's also a doctor and he's because this comes after a scene of him going on and on about how he's god in like the surgical room he's like do you want god or do you want me i am their god and like this whole soliloquy and then they're like well do you have an alibi and he's like oh yeah i was with dr um hannah so-and-so you want to talk about thinking i'm a god and it's like jesus christ it's like sir put it back in your pants there has been murders um <laughs> yeah he also like winks at um jj and l as he like leaves the room and they both roll their eyes and i'm like mm -hmm. yeah i would be doing that too i'd kill him actually but you yeah, know i I do think it's funny that someone's like, someone's like, uh, wait, your guy's a narcissist? Well, that's about every surgeon I've ever met. And it's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Reed and Hodge are in the ER and, and Hodge is like, it can't be this guy. And Reed's like, why can't it be this guy? And Hodge is like, because fucking surgeons are like the quarterbacks of medicine, okay? They get hit. Like, which is such a scrubs kind of way of take, taking things where it's like, he listen, he's a big dog. He gets all the recognition and excitement. Like, he's... Like, people suck his dick, it's fine. Like, he can't be the unsub because the unsub feels inferior, and this guy doesn't. Yeah, I also felt, I thought that it was more convincing when he said that, like, the reason it can't be the surgeon is, like, this dude's just blasting fucking everyone in sight, mm -hmm. basically. And if it's a surgeon, that doesn't increase the excitement because they can only operate on one person at a time anyway. So, like, why is he doing more than one killing at a time if there's nothing, like, in it for him? And then they, like, look around where they are in, like, the middle of the ER, and they're like, oh, wait, obviously the fucking ER gets more exciting. It's someone in the ER. Yeah, so that's how they determine it's an ER nurse, Philip Dowd. Uh, they go talk to the doctor and they're like, he's he's an asshole. He sucks. He's the worst person you've ever met. He's detestable. <gasps> Philip! I really want to be in that staff meeting. <laughs> Absolutely. They find out that it's Philip and Hotch is like, Reed, go tell Gideon. And Reed like goes to a fucking power walk away. And Hotch is like, settle down, boy. And Reed's like, oh yeah, got it. Chill out, Reed. And so he kind of gently walks, gets fucking 
pistol whipped. Um, it's my ongoing suit, Reed versus the FBI. Hey, I got pistol whipped at the job. That's gotta be something. Anyways, um, there's not kind of a lot psychologically going on here, aside from narcissistic personality disorder, uh, and, like, the FBI is kind of sorted past with snipers. So I think we can get into, like, the legal aspects of this a little bit early, which is if you, uh, if you stop me from talking about the media parts of this, I'm going to detain you. Well, I figured, like, I'd get to the media part, and you can go off on that tangent, and then, like, we'll resume whatever legal shit I have to talk about. Fine! What's the first legal concern? Hope. God. Okay, also, so the first thing I have that's on a, it's not exactly a legal concern, is that, like, the theme, they say it several times during the episode, because Reed can't get his gun, which is, you don't have to carry a gun to kill someone, as if that's, like... Empathy's our biggest weapon. Yeah, which, first of all, is ridiculous. But also, like, the idea that cops yeah. are only getting guns exclusively so they can just, like, mow people the fuck down. I'm like, hey, can we at least, like, maybe acknowledge that that's, like, a fucked up thing? Yeah, for- and for a whole- for a whole episode where it's, like, you don't need to carry a gun to be a dangerous cop. Uh, number one, bad moral. Number two, he does shoot someone, so, like- Yeah, he does get a headshot, so, like, yeah. it completely undermines it. But, like, whatever- it's just weird. Like the 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 real moral of this is like you can do it. <laughs> you can, hey with with the right perseverance, you too can murder a suspect. Yes. Also, so like this is will go towards your um, suit for Reed against the FBI. Morgan, like everyone <laughs> agrees because they're like, hey, Reed didn't pass his test. He can retake it in two weeks. No one mentioned it because you know he's gonna be super embarrassed. And Morgan's like, yeah, of course. And then Reed walks in and Morgan pulls out a fucking rape whistle and it's like here. <laughs> just in case and like blows it for him and drops it on his desk and it's like hey morgan that's harassment hey morgan hey hey morgan you've harassed this boy <laughs> yeah also like just a shitty co-worker thing to do hey i have it i literally have like at the top of my page on like this because i take my notes like a fucking serial killer but i have a, a note that's like derek is a bitch it's like in all caps i have my first line is morgan being such a bitch so same hat that's also written direct. I need you to know, like, my notes, it's like there's a little column on the side, and it's like, Reed carrying a gun subplot, two guns, Hotchner. Yes. Because uh, I, I, I wrote, I'm, my name is Aaron Two Guns. They call me that because I have two guns. Um, and then underneath that is Derek is a bitch, and underneath that, Garcia loves him. God. Also, completely unrelated, but as an aside, if Reed had been a woman and this joke was exactly the same, like, this would 100% be a title. Like, this would be sexual harassment uh, without a doubt. Yeah. So, like... It's wild, but okay. So first really legal thing is they're in the public park, like, doing evidence search. That's fine. They'd have permission to enter it because it's government property. Also, it's an active crime scene, so they'd have reason to search it. That's not, like, an issue or anything. But I try and make a note of every time they do a scene change and, like, if they can be there. Um, the hospital's cooperating. The doctors are being little bitches to the FBI agents, as we discussed previously. That's also fine because the hospital's cooperating. Um, they also, so, like, they jump to when they're... Is there a HIPAA violation, actually, in the hospital? I was gonna say, so, they're giving all this dude's medical information, which, if he or his loved one or next to kin or whoever consented is fine, but otherwise, yeah, that's a HIPAA violation. Like, they can't do that. Unless the police had a warrant, which, what reason would you have to know this man's medical issues, besides the fact that you really want that bullet in his spine? Like... It's a very, it's very yeah. shifty, but, like, again, if they'd gotten permission from the family, like, it would have been fine, but, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I imagine, so, like, this guy has, like, a wife, and she's just very permissive about, like, yeah, share with the FBI my husband's medical information, and, like, yeah, d take this bullet out of his spine at great risk to his health. If, if, hey, if Landman fucked up that surgery and this guy's paralyzed, uh, can she sue the FBI, or is it just gonna be the hospital? It would just be the hospital, because the hospital is the one actually doing it. Because um, any any injury you get from that would be medical malpractice, and that's like a civil suit against the doctors. I mean, if I was the attorney, I'd slap the FBI in the lawsuit anyway, because, like, why not? More defendants, the better, but it, they would probably get removed or something. So then they cut back to them, like, redoing the profile because they're like, the unsub's leaving, he's in his car. But the what, the reason that they completely switch this is Hotch looks down and he's like, well, this handicap spot is totally far away from the entrance and everything else. It must be fake. Obviously, the unsub came and painted it, like, at night, and so he can have, like, the perfect spot. Doesn't do any checking with, like, park officials or documents mm -hmm. to, like, 
really make sure that this isn't just like a fuck up on someone's part or like just a really weird spot. Well, no, he doesn't have to because if you look at the spot, uh, number one, the curb isn't painted. Number two, there's not a like an area to unload a vehicle. Um, so it's not, and there's not a sign posted. So that's not a handicap spot. Like he, like good job, Hotch. You spotted it. Um, well, I'm not saying that there wasn't a ton of reasons for him to spot it. I'm saying that my faith in people to fuck up is very, very strong. And so, like, I would see that and be like, okay, this is not at all ADA compliant. I'm talking to whatever part person runs this park because I want to make really fucking sure that <laughs> this is, like, the unsub doing it before I totally change my entire profile of this man based on this spot mm-hmm. and not just, like, someone isn't being ADA compliant. Uh, which, if, the, if it's not... ADA compliant than I, the civil rights attorney taking on uh, Spencer Reed's ADA compliant. Yes, exactly. I'm like, hey, Park, let's go. <laughs> At the very least, it would come up, like, during the trial or w- what have yeah. you. So they go down, they do that. So, like, the surgeon, there's also a scene where the surgeon comes in and has the bullet in this little baggie and is like, here's your bullet. I nailed the fucking surgery. <laughs> and that creates so many evidentiary issues oh my god no that's like chain of command 101 yes like i'm throwing the bullet out immediately yeah like immediately because we don't have any proof that it's the bullet he took out who had the bullet in between what was done to the bullet to preserve to preserve it what was done to the bullet that might have harmed it during the surgery like so many issues this bullet is not getting in anything coming from this bullet is not getting in because you can't trust that the bullet is what they're saying it is like even if the doctor signs off like i had eyes on it 24 7 the entire time which he wouldn't have like it's not getting in also related garcia's the one to call them and tell them what type of bullet it is why isn't it one of the like lab techs or someone besides the fact that it's a tv show and we can't have 10 million characters yeah that's why (laughs) yeah and so my next bullet point lee i can feel you like shaking as i speak media leak that easy question mark okay so here's okay so here's the thing so this is a tv station that is gotten the information so first of all um you can't just leak that kind of information there's like a thousand different ways that we have to go and check and vet stuff so like if a cop would email us tomorrow, and we, here's how we know this. So, like, I'm actually following this case right now where uh, state police, where I'm from, are uh, kind of, there was a black motorist who was beaten, and they tried to delete body camera video. They didn't manage it. That video was leaked. Here's how we vet information that's leaked to us from a police source. Number one, we have to officially get who the person is we don't do anonymous sources when it comes to like leaking information that important like you can leak information and be like i work at like this factory and we're doing like this and this and this and that's not okay and like that's you know we look into it we figure shit out if it's a cop that's like here's the profile of the serial killer that's here what the fuck buddy no like the fact that the guy only has a cell phone number like, I, I would know. When, when we say, like, anonymous sources, we don't mean, like, anon- Like we don't know who they are. I was to say, not anonymous to you. Yeah, no, we no longer live in an age of deep throat. The guy that was integral in the uh, Watergate investigation, not, I'm not talking about sex. Um, <laughs> no, but, like, and even then, the reason that that were, even worked out a little bit is because he had actual documents that could be verified. So we don't do, when, when we say anonymous sources, we mean a person that we have vetted fully has given us information and we are publishing it without publishing their name. The fact that this guy does not know his source's information, he has no, inf- he has no idea who this guy is, all he has is a cell phone number, that's number one, not, not true. That's not possible. This guy, this guy would never fucking work a day in the news industry again if he did this. Okay, that was my very first question, because I was like, they get a police leak, but how easy is it to get the police leak? So that was answered. No, no, it's very difficult, Like, because we, we have to verify shit, and like, it, it comes at great risk to any officer who actually leaks this information. Like, the guy who released the body camera video in that investigation I was talking about earlier is going to get fired. Like, there's no question about yeah. that. Uh, and he'll have a tremendous lawsuit. <laughs> Yes, especially in a case like this where the profile, like, actively endangers the police and, like, their reputation and, like, people. Like, I think they had mentioned in the episode at one point, they're like, now nobody's going to feel safe getting pulled over again, which, like, I don't feel safe yeah. getting pulled over now. But, like, it, it implicates the police in, like, a negative press, so that's also, like, a thing. But, yeah, so, number one, 
that Hulk shit, fucking impossible. Number two, okay, so he's, like, leaving. Number one, okay, also, number two, he's at this park. No fucking way the cops would let him get that close. Yeah, like, he's, like, within the tank. Yeah, like, and that's not allowed. He would be at a safer distance. Um, Possibly they wouldn't even send this guy out live because, like, it's there's a sniper and he would be putting himself into a, a situation that's really dangerous. So like that, this station's insurance is going up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he wouldn't be in that location. He wouldn't be sharing that information because he couldn't have vetted his source. Uh, so that's two, three. So the FBI rolls up on him, and they're like, "You have to tell us who gave us this information." And he says, "No, I fucking don't." Um. That is accurate. He's actually correct. Um, yes. So the Supreme Court does, like, there was a case, and I'm trying to fucking remember what it was, but it, I I graduated from journalism school uh, a while ago. Okay, so it's Brands. So Brandsburg is, I think, the case that would really kind of define it. It's Brandsburg versus uh, Hayes. It happened in 1972. So it was a case about basically a guy got subpoenaed to come share his source and uh, he needed to do it in front of a grand jury. And he argued that I have First Amendment protections because I'm a journalist. And that comes with, like, he, basically his argument was that uh, journalists should have privilege, just like doctors, lawyers, and um, counselors. He said, like, I, you know, because I'm a journalist, because of what I do, you can't ask me about my confidential sources. The, ca- the court didn't really rule in his favor, but they did create what's called qualified First Amendment privileges for journalists. So when it comes to confidential sources, you can only ask questions that have relevancy to the uh, information in question. You have a compelling interest in obtaining it. There's an alternative source for it, if relevant. And the last point really matters if the reporter promised confidentiality. The fact of the matter is, is this guy so he has this source. Do the, does the FBI have a compelling interest in obtaining it? Yeah. Is there an alternative source to get that information? Phone records. It would take longer, but yes, there is. Relevancy of the information in question, it's it's relevant. But did the reporter com- promise confidentiality? Yes. So <laughs> he, could, he could sue the FBI, essentially, is what I'm saying. Like, oh, absolutely. In a moment, he like decides to give up uh, that information. Because they threatened him with the Patriot Act, which, by the way, also bullshit. I was going to say, that was what I was about to say, because I literally looked this up because I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not what the Patriot Act does. And it's 100% not. Because they're like, if you don't tell us this, we will lock you away and throw away the fucking key. And like, the Patriot Act made it super easy for the government to spy on people and get warrants and wiretaps and things much, much easier. And was definitely used as a cover to keep, like, suspected terrorists slash brown people in jail much longer. But it doesn't mean that they can just roll up on a police- on a news reporter and be like, you didn't give us your source? Okay, we're arresting you now. Like- So, basically, they go and they- they're like, we're going to arrest you on Patriot charges and, like, keep you in jail for as long as we need to. And the guy gives up the information after that. Very easily. It's very quick. Yeah, so first of all, the information he has, the cell phone number, because he actually hasn't vetted this guy, like, I- I- here's what i'm saying and i'm this is for certain reasons because he hasn't vetted this guy and doesn't know like the full credibility of him giving up the cell phone number to me is kind of less of a big deal if he had vetted him and he knew who this person was and he gave up that information that's a huge fucking breach and this guy's journalistic integrity is much in question but because he's a shitty journalist he doesn't have ethics to question the threat of like we'll detain you under the patriot act and stuff like that well first of all uh, if he, if this guy works for a news station, then he's got a lawyer on retainer, a lawyer that specializes in first amendment libel and also unlawful detainments of journalists. Like that's how it works. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Like I'm picturing the cops rolling up to like a reporter and being like, we'll see you. And the reporter's like, cool. I have 15 lawyers that I'm not paying for. The station is paying for specifically for this situation. Not only does he have like 15 lawyers that the station is paying for, he's got 15 lawyers that are supplied by an international journalism committee that protects against exactly this. Like when I say like there's an international journalism community uh, community that provides lawyers that like help people that are, are jailed and arrested for free speech, they don't. It's not just in other countries. It's in this one as well. Like, there have been many lawsuits brought forth by international coalitions to be like, hey, the U.S., stop detaining journalists. 
Yeah. Because we do that sometimes. <laughs> I'll, like, you know, the fact that we've had multiple cases in the past that reaffirm that there is a type of privilege for journalists, like, it's so the reason that there are so many shield laws for us is because journalism is kind of considered the like the fourth estate which means you've got you know your three branches of government judicial legislative and executive journalism is the fourth branch so like to have a functioning democracy you need a free flow of information to have a free flow of information you need journalists so the supreme court usually rules somewhat in favor of journalists just because they understand how critical they are to keeping the fucking lights on (laughs) so yeah this guy would get this guy has a lawsuit against the fbi like on the 100 percent. and not only that but like the camera guy was filming it so like they have proof that this guy was harassed threatened and uh detained by the fbi unlawfully like yes number one hey the fbi calling this the patriot act thing you like there's actual standards and rules to that you can't just say like oh we're arresting you on a patriot act thing this guy's a long distance serial killer he's not at this point he hasn't raised the terror alert yeah also so that like raises several things because first of all like you said this is them detaining him like he can't leave they're putting him in handcuffs like immediately yeah they're grabbing him they're putting him in handcuffs they're saying he's under arrest and they're threatening to jail him yeah and they're doing it very roughly when he's not resist like physically resisting and it's literally yeah. all on camera. So, like, this is not... This is great for the for the news guy, because, like, they can just play this in court, and it's super fucking easy. But... And also, so, like, this is really weird, because I was looking it up. Murder is not necessarily a federal crime unless it impacts, like, someone in federal jurisdictions, like a federal official, a federal officer. Um, it's across state lines, like we mentioned earlier, so you mm-hmm. kill people in two different states or dump the bodies, things like that. But, like, the murder itself, killing multiple people mm-hmm. does not just make it a federal crime. Also, let's be clear, he hasn't murdered multiple people at this point. He's killed one person. Yeah, he's just injured multiple people. No, he's killed one, but he's injured several. Yeah, and they say it's, like, an act of terrorism for that first time during the Patriot Act thing, but never mention it again. And so it's like, are you calling it an, a terrorist act? Is that what you're charging him with? Because that's kind of difficult to get under with like the crime that you have but like i guess that's what they're the reason they're saying this is why they have jurisdiction well i think i to me if i'm involved in this case like if i'm like the if i'm the news director that this guy's reporting to i would say like you fucking idiot you gave up your source immediately and that's like you should number one never give up like your source unless you are a hundred percent certain that somebody will die if you don't and even then, you really, you need to kind of do some, like, mental... Like, there's a lot of ethical math that goes into journalism. Yes. I'm familiar with the math. It's very similar to AC privilege. Yeah, but you, so you gotta kind of... You gotta really figure out what your morals are and where they lie and uh, figure out where those lie in just in, like, relationship to the law. I'm not saying do illegal things, but... I mean, I'm not saying I do illegal things, but I am telling my boss to burn my hard drive when I leave my office. I mean, that's how new law gets made. So, you know, you're doing everyone a favor. Listen, I'm, I'm progressive. <laughs> but so, you know, if I'm his news director, I'm like, well, number one, you're a fucking idiot for giving up your source. Number two, if you hadn't given up your source immediately, we could have sued the shit out of the FBI, which we're still going to do. But we've had, like, there would have been a slightly better case. Yeah, like, you fucked your case yourself, basically. Well, he didn't fuck his case. He, he still has a case against the FBI for, like, what they did. But, like... It's much more difficult now. Yeah, if he hadn't given up his source and they arrested him, like, they're, like what are they going to do? Because, you know... Also, so this counts as an arrest, right? Because, like, they had him in handcuffs? Oh, absolutely. They didn't read him his rights. They did not. So, if it was the guy in the car and this is how they... Like, because they intimidated this witness into giving him the information. They, they couldn't try this guy if all they had him on was this guy, was this newspaper dude. Like, they're really fucking lucky that it's not this guy as the unsub and that this guy gets shot and, and murdered in front of them. Because otherwise, they yeah. would have had a real fucking rough day in court. That's also my notes. Because, like, the only thing they have is, okay, we think it's a cop and this cop leaked the source. Mm-hmm. Which we intimidated that information out of a reporter. Yeah. So, like, that's not enough... To where, like, because they search the phone records and, like, find out who it is and where he's calling from. That probably, like, the source they got it from is illegal, but but the actual search itself is probably fine because, 
they again like the phone belongs to the police force so the police force can probably give permission he probably doesn't have an interest in privacy because it's his work phone not his like personal phone so whether like the fact that they incorrectly got probable cause for a warrant doesn't matter because they probably wouldn't need a warrant anyway or at least that's what they would argue about um they also don't read this cop his rights as they like physically haul him from the car can we talk about that for a second can we can we talk about the fact that they're like, hey, it's Scotty McCarty is the one that leaked the information, and his boss is like, all right, fucking get the A team. We're gonna we're gonna smoke yeah. bomb him and pull and drag him out of the car. And even Hotch is like, we can just ask him to come over here. And he's like, no, this guy's the fucking killer. I know it. Yeah, we're getting him as roughly as possible for no reason at all. Kill him, shoot him in the head. <laughs> I want to shoot him on sight, but y'all are making me arrest him. <laughs> it's like great boss there. Yeah, like. You must really love the officers working under you. But yeah, so like all of that's going down. He gets murdered like two seconds after they stand him up. So, you know, maybe they would have read him his rights eventually. Who's to say? No, and again, they're fucking lucky because that that news reporter is already on the phone to eight lawyers. Yeah, it's like frantically dialing. Like he's calling like eight and his cameraman's calling another eight. It's it's starting. But yeah, so Garcia gets the cops employment like the um, employment's records both of the surgeon and of, from the cop. Again, their employers are probably cooperating. They also might not have need a warrant because this is usually public information. Like if you have it on your LinkedIn and yeah. she googles you and like find like it's fine. So, generally speaking, I would say that's fine. Who cares? She got the information. And like one of them's a cop, so I think she's able to Yeah, like the FBI going in, they have permission to do that so they don't need it for the cops at all the hospital probably gave them the employment records for the other guy what have you and philip dowd used to be a cop which they can find that out yes they also send like they immediately think it's the surgeon because he was mean to gideon for five minutes and (laughs) they're immediately like search his house get a warrant for his house now which congrats for mentioning a warrant but like searching it for the weapon you don't have anything on this guy like it's all theory like not it's not even circumstantial evidence it's literally just we think it might be someone at the hospital for various reasons that aren't necessarily based completely in evidence. And the surgeon is really narcissistic, so we think it's this guy. Like, They also search his car without a warrant. Yeah, which is also not allowed. So they don't get it. Again, he's not the suspect. We went over this a few episodes ago. If they don't arrest you and it's an illegal search, you can't really have suit for that. Uh, I'm sure this doctor would fucking try it, but whatever. They don't even get anything that's mentioned later in the episode, so like it does not matter for our purposes. But again, that wouldn't be legal. Oh, I will. I want to see this fucking guy in court. I want to see this guy in court so bad. Absolutely. I want to see him on the stand going, I am fucking God. (laughs) Are you kidding? Like, wild. I'd be like, I'd be his attorney and I'd be like weeping silently because he just completely ruined everything. I'd be like, fuck, this was the easiest open and shut case of a fucking improper warrant execution and you have fucked me. Yeah, because, like, there is a point earlier in the episode where they're arguing about removing that bullet, and one surgeon is like, listen, there's risk, and he's like, with the right surgeon, there's no risk. And the other surgeon (laughs) correctly goes, um, there's always risks in surgery. There's literally always risk. (laughs) Like, you're putting putting someone in a vulnerable state under anesthesia and cutting into their body, like, there's a little bit of risk, bud, but... So, like, you put him on the stand and put another doctor on the scene who'd be like, yeah, there's always risk. And the jury would be like, yeah, this dude is, like, fucking crazy. Medical malpractice suits would be so easy against this man, it would be ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, so actually talking to the surgeon, because there's a point where he's, like, looking at x-rays. Every shot of this doctor is him in front of the x-ray machine so they can cast him in, like, black, <laughs> green, light and make him look as evil as possible. He sounds evil. Yeah. Like, he plays his part very well. But Gideon walks in and has, like, this really weird discussion with him where he says he's God and like has an alibi. And Gideon walks in like a stepdad. Like he's like, like, I, like I'm like i surprised he's not fidgeting with the Rubik's Cube. It's like, so did you kill somebody? Yeah. And like all the other agents are stacked up like a cartoon, like head over head looking into the room. <laughs> and it's like, the guy immediately looks up and goes, oh, so I'm a suspect. And I'm like, this is an arrest. Like he can't, like if he tries to leave, yeah. you're searching his house and you think he's the unsub, you're going to arrest him. There's multiple agents outside with eyes on him. Like he doesn't ask to leave and he's talking anyway, but like I would think this is a situation that means he needs to be read his rights. You've detained him. <laughs> like he, this man is in a, in a locked room with Gideon, the most unpredictable FBI agent in the world. Yeah, so it's wild. None of it would be admissible 
if it was useful, but it's not. So again, thank God it's not this guy. Now yeah. Let's get to lucky number three, Philip Dodd, the actual unsub. Yes, we already talked a lot about them talking to the nurse and her giving them his location. So like that's fine. Uh, my next bullet point is in all caps. It's unsub is the cop from Psych. Um, <laughs> but like, so everything that happens after this is more or less legal. It's like more or less legal on the FBI's part because from this point on. It's a life or death situation. It's actively dangerous. They can take any steps they feel like are necessary to stop whatever danger or to protect the public. And so, like, the fact that they're playing into his fantasy, that's fine. Um, Reed lunges for the gun and shoots him. Again, he's literally pulling up his machine gun to shoot Hotch at the time. So that's also fine. Also, the fact that they have the SWAT team about to break down the door and start shooting anyway also shows that they think it's a dangerous situation. So, like, the individual cops within the hostage room also fine with their actions. Also, Reed mentions later in the episode that he pulled up and was going to shoot the unsub in the leg and just missed and shot him in the forehead, which, like, I wouldn't believe in court, but sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. It is a funny trope that I do appreciate. Or at least I think it's funny. But also earlier in the episode, he's like, hey, I have this one semi-automatic. If you shoot me anywhere but the fucking head, I'll go down pulling the trigger and take as many of you out with me. So, Reed, (laughs) what were you doing? Like, I guess it's good because you missed and nailed him in the forehead, but, like, whatever. I think that's a joke. It has to be a joke because, like, you can't fuck up that bad. (laughs) It's wild. Like, it's it's literally, like, it is perfectly between the eyes. But also, he is established to be a shitty shot. So, like sure hotch does like kick him like semi-realistically we don't know if it's like reed later mentions like i got the shit beaten out of me in high school constantly trust me it wasn't that bad so Mm -hmm. also again like it's covered under the fact they thought it was necessary reed's not gonna sue about it so like it's fine reed does have his big dick energy moment where he like hands the whistle back to morgan because morgan's like oh what was that about and he like hands him back the whistle and like walks off without saying anything and i was like fucking good for you reed get his ass yeah you know what fuck yeah yeah now listen Reed's not going to steal about this. However, I'm adding it to my lawsuit of Reed versus the FBI. You should. You're keeping a list. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm keeping a list of all of the things that Reed can sue the fucking FBI over, and this is going on. It. Yes, and then the very, very last scene is, like, Reed talking with Gideon and being like, hey, I don't feel anything. Like, I'm just kind of numb about it. And Gideon's like, yeah, it'll hit you later, which was what I was, like, he said that, and I was like, well, it hits you later. And then Gideon says it, and I was like, fuck yeah. Um, But also, like, <laughs> They say again, Reed, they have this really weird conversation where Reed's like, I see what you mean about not needing a gun to kill people, but it sure helps. And it's like, you <laughs> shot a man in the head, Reed. Like, the profile set up the profile set up the shot, maybe, but, like, the gun was very much necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chekhov's ankle gun over there was necessary to the plot. Yeah. So, that was my hot take. But, yeah, that's everything legal within the episode. Mm-hmm. It, this is a wild one. So, um, here's my, my quick legal concerns. Um, it... Had our unsub lived, he would have gotten in some hot water with the local municipal board for putting up a fake uh, <laughs> handicap spot. So thank God he's dead because that's one lawsuit saved. Um, <laughs> They're adding that on top of his terrorism charges. Yeah, right. Like, can you imagine if, like, on the docket, it's like eight counts of uh, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, uh, one count of murder in the first degree, uh, one, like, Three counts of assault against federal agents. Uh, one count of made a fake handicap spot, <laughs> and a, and a single speeding ticket. Um, but yeah, so no, this is just. Oh, I do have a legal note at the end. Number one, you can't just give someone a gun. <laughs> Like, yeah, because, like, Hotch just mentioned that, like, he, like, because Reed has his ankle gun and he goes to give it back and Hotch is like, no, keep it, you've earned it in my eyes. I'm like, no, he has to get the certification still. You know, he has to get, no, he has to sign a big boy piece of paper that says that he's allowed to shoot people still. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if Hotch is like, you've, you've, because, like, you know, they hand waved away his physical. I don't think Hotch should be allowed to hand wave away his, uh, fucking markmanship's test. Yeah, I think Hotch is just really feeling the daddy energy at that point, and it's just kind of yeah. rolling with it. Yeah, back on the plane, he's like, I actually do need that gun back, please. <laughs> it's the only one that fits my ankle holster, but I did buy you a shiny revolver. <laughs> Here you go, Reed. He, sh- he carries a fucking revolver for the next 15 seasons, so, like, I... <laughs> yes. The idea of him being like, I have this gun that's, like, fucking not at all standard, and Hotch is like, well, I didn't actually make you take the gun test, so I guess that's allowed. Yeah, the nerdiest gun you could possibly get, really. Yeah, this man, like, he's, like, 
the only way to make it more fucking nerdy is to give this man like a fucking buccaneers pirate gun yes <laughs> but uh yeah so this let's shelve this away as they did a lot of illegal shit so thank god the unsub is dead so that we can focus on the eight other lawsuits that we're now faced up against most of which come from this reporter and yes. cameraman and the news station i like i gotta assume landman's gonna try to sue them regardless of whether or not it's actually gonna be worth it he's a he's a surgeon he's got disposable really? money he'll be like i don't fucking care about the money it's about the principle of the matter he is ready for it. And then, uh, I'm, I'm certain other people will have lawsuits based on, like, like, the widow of the cop is for sure has a fucking lawsuit. Oh, for sure. Like, not only is she suing them, she's gonna fucking win, because they, they gassed her husband and then he was shot in the fucking head. Yeah, like, immediately, like, just wild. Also, I don't know, it's just weird, because they give him the gun to put him in the trunk, and, like, they mention he has his pistol with him, and he has the live gun, but whether or not they gave him ammunition with it is, like, sketchy. I mean, he could have snuck it in with him, I guess, but, like, the only danger is his pistol, which he's trapped in the trunk, so, like, it's weird. We put this man in a hot car with live bullets and a bunch of people he doesn't like. (laughs) And we really thought that would be fine. We don't know what happened and why it turned out bad. Um, no, the widow's suing everybody. Fucking, I'm sure there are people in the that were in the waiting room that are like, this fucking blows. But yeah, no. So, uh, lots of lawsuits happening. Most of them civil. Most of them as a direct result of the FBI's actions in this. So they're getting a reprimand from Strauss or whoever is Strauss at this point. Yes. But at the end of the day, they're gonna live on to solve more fucking crime. I guess. At least uh, 14 seasons worth. Do you want to go through the list of goofs? Because there's some, uh, some one fucking person on this goof page on IMDb is like, they don't refer to them as snipers, except for at minute 42, which Hodge calls him a sniper, which like fucking got him. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, also that, you know, that quote by Shakespeare at the end? Yeah. It's not from fucking Shakespeare, apparently, according to this IMDb oh commenter, really? it's Oliver Wendell Holmes. <laughs> That would be so easy to Google while you were writing the script. Fucking got him. Uh, all 12 people that reviewed the notes on this page found that funny. Which, is, they're right, because it is very funny. And then the last uh, errors in geography on the goof page is, uh, there's palm trees in the background. Illinois would not have the correct climate for palm trees. Fucking got him again. That is true. Get their ass, <laughs> honestly. How fucking dare they? Get their ass, MTV page. But yeah. I was, that totally explains me watching it the whole episode. Somewhere, like, I think it's because it also said Des Plains. I was like, this is somewhere in Texas, isn't it? It looks very sunny and dry, and it's kind of a Spanish-sounding town name, um, which, you know, that makes me feel validated. I did think they were in Des Moines for most of the episode until they said it, and then I was like, oh. Yeah. So, you know, the palm trees in the background, that was my subconscious telling me it was in Illinois. Thank you, Goof Commenter. Yeah, thanks, Goof Commenter on IMDb. (laughs) Okay, so next we have an episode. I think this will be meaty enough for it to have its own episode. Yeah, so um, we will see you next week. Uh, this has been Work the Case. See you all next week. Thanks for listening to Work the Case. If you liked today's episode, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help get our podcast out to more listeners. And if you want updates on when the next episode will drop and other tweets about the show, follow us on Twitter at WorkTheCasePod.